This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today, we will be concluding a sermon in the Heavenly Authority series on the critical responsibility of the apostles. Last time, Pastor was making an important distinction between the office of the apostle and that of a modern missionary. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he reads from Acts chapter 6. Now in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews, these are the Aramaic or Hebrew-speaking Jews, by the Hellenists, these are the Greek-speaking Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. The Greek language was like English today. And as the areas became more Hellenized, some of the people just spoke Greek and they lost the Aramaic. You have a lot of people at the day of Pentecost that are not even from Jerusalem. When they hear the disciples speaking in tongues, they recognize their own native language. Many of them must have stayed behind in this growing church. And right away you have those that are Hebrew Jews and those that are more Hellenistic Jews, and human nature starts to creep in. This is what divides the church. And they complain that in the distribution, they would help the poor, they would help the widows among them, that their widows would be neglected by the Hebrew Jews. So you have a problem. Verse 2, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, this is important, a key verse, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, is this egotism? Is this self-importance or conceit? Hadn't Jesus told them, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet? Why do they say this? Is this a lack of a servant's heart? I don't think so. Rather, I believe it's an understanding they have been taught by Jesus that in order to serve the people spiritually, in order to give the people the spiritual food they need, it was critical, absolutely essential, that they be immersed in God's Word to feed the people. Because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this was their calling. And they say it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They cannot do everything. And the, and the devil knows it and he throws up the roadblocks and he sets them up to try to defeat them, to bring them down into the mundane that they cannot do what they're called to do, sent out, not necessarily meaning they have to travel so many miles, though they will was sent out to bring the gospel in the important position as representatives of Jesus to preserve and teach his word as pure, not contaminated. And wisely, they knew there were others who could handle the physical food distribution. Verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, 
whom we may appoint, we may appoint over this business. We may appoint over this business. Too often in church groups, all the needs come upon, all the responsibilities come upon a few in the leadership, one small group. And they become so distracted in all the day-to-day happenings, which are also important, right? The widows do need to be fed, right? It should be dealt with. No one should be saying we're being cheated. It should be brought out into the open. So it's an important incident that's happened. But many times, even legitimate needs, the end result will be the ministry of the word, the hearing of the voice of God, right? To the word of God. They say here in verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. They need to hear the voice of God, to minister the word of God. And the end result in many churches is that the ministry of the word, the hearing of the voice of God, the prayer is neglected. It's shortchanged because of all these things that come up that the devil can use human nature to bring about. And that which is important gets pushed further back because it doesn't seem as immediate. This problem with the distribution seems immediate. Thank goodness they had the wisdom to know they could not do everything. And they say, you choose seven men and we may appoint them over this business. And verse 5, and the same pleased the whole multitude. They become a multitude, the church. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and God will use Stephen and Philip mightily, Prochorus, Lycana, Timon, Pominus, and Nicholas, a proselyte, a proselyte, a new convert from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So they appoint them. And notice the criteria for these deacons. Really, this is the beginning of the office of the deacon. We won't go into that now, but just look at the criteria. It applies really to all the offices. They say, select men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, and we're told that these men were full of faith. Excellent criteria. And the church people choose them, right? But notice the apostles say that we may appoint them, and they lay hands upon them. So, They designate, they have the authority to designate for the office, the apostles. And you have everything working together. You have good, wise criteria for selection. Holy Spirit anointing, these men were filled with the Holy Spirit. Church selection, so there's a democratic aspect to it. Everyone's agreeing to them being being suitable for this. So you have bottom-up, and then you have finalized the authority of the apostles, top-down, laying hands upon them, ordaining them, onto servants because the apostles are God's anointed servants called out to do such. It all works together, and that's a very rare situation today. But they needed to minister the word, seek the Lord. They're sent out to be representatives to teach what Jesus taught. And later on, when the persecution against the church in Jerusalem becomes severe, Stephen is killed, uh, and many of the church in Jerusalem would go out, would be scattered, bringing the gospel with them, notably Philip 
of the seven, an evangelist. He brings the gospel to the Samaritans, to the Ethiopian administrator. But at that time, when they're scattered and they're going out, where are the sent out ones? Where are the apostles? Look in chapter 8, verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death, meaning Stephen. And Saul, obviously, is the unconverted Paul. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Except the apostles. They don't go out. Now, they do go out. In verse 14, you read how when the word comes back, because that's the center, Jerusalem, the word comes back that the Samaritans had received the gospel, but they had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The apostles send out Peter and John, and they lay hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And they will go out later on and preach to all the nations that they can. And at this point, I've heard sermons where the ministers will say, well, the apostles were afraid to go out. They were afraid to fulfill the commission, and the circumstances were pushing them out, and they're hesitant to do it, and that's why they stay behind. And I don't think so at this point. I'll tell you why. Given Peter's natural nature, his fear in the courtyard, right, on the eve of the crucifixion, the fleshly thing to do, if there's any fear involved, if there's persecution, would be to go with everybody else. Jerusalem was a dangerous place to stay. You needed a lot of Holy Spirit courage to stay there. Later on, under Herod's violence, not the Herod in, in Jesus' time, a subsequent Herod, they would kill, they would put the sword, the apostle James, right? And Peter would be thrown in prison. Now, I believe that what's going on in chapter 8, verse 1, is that while they understood the believers might need to scatter to protect themselves, they, the apostles, understood the importance to maintain their presence at the center and the heart of Israel. Remember, they're commissioned, they're sent out first to the Jews, right? Peter is to the, the circumcised. Now, Peter will preach to the uncircumcised too, but that's the first calling, first to the Jews. And their presence at the heart of Israel is part of their calling. And they're there, even though it's dangerous, in the power of the Holy Spirit to ground the church at this important point in the particular movement. So of all the ones that go out, these sent out ones, their role was to stay, stay in the protection of the Holy Spirit. And this shows that not only preaching is an aspect of the office of the apostle, but the foundational and the doctrinal, the teaching responsibilities were important to the church as well. Doctrine, founding, foundational, establishing. They went out and they established churches, but then they had to maintain, maintain the churches so established in solid teaching. That's something missed today. It's not enough. There are those with the gifts of evangelism, and they can just bring people in like Philip, and that's important. But it's also important to establish 
in the Word of God, lest they go off into cults or other ideas or just the traditions of men to establish a solid teaching. And this aspect, this ministry of the Word, this doctrinal integrity of apostleship will give us so many of the wonderful epistles of Peter, of John, of Paul, right? Where not only do they establish the church, but they're making sure that the church is maintained in the purity of the gospel. And generations later, when traditions come in and the churches go so far afield, one of the things some of the churches will not want is for their people to read the Bible, to read the epistles, because that solid teaching, that apostolic teaching, brings you right back to where you belong in Jesus Christ. And we benefit today from that aspect of apostleship, of maintaining the Word of God, the pure doctrine and teaching of God. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord God, for those you called out that they were the foundation of what we have today. And Lord, we just pray that you would renew your church to be what it should be, Lord, and the, the template you gave us in the book of Acts. Father God, that we would be restored, that the bride would make herself pure and dressed in fine linen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We invite you to visit Shi'ar Jashub on the web. The address is www.shi'arjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Make it your site for serious Bible study. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.